Good to see all y'all here. Good to see all y'all there. I'm not Chris Walden, nor will I ever pretend to be. But uh, my name is Frank Airhorn. I'm the associate pastor here at First Rock Fellowship. And, and let's pray uh, before we get started and, and um, pray for our pastor and others that are sick here. Uh, Father God, we just thank you so much for your hand upon each of our lives, God. Lord, you know when we're high, you know when we're low. Lord, you know when we're sick and when we're healthy. God, and your presence goes with us in every stage of life, God. Lord, there's nothing hidden that you don't see. So, Lord, I just pray that you would look upon um, this, your congregation, and, and people that are needing healing, God, that you touch their bodies. People that are feeling depressed, God, that you would give them joy. And Lord, be with our pastor this morning, Lord, giving back the strength that he needs to do what you've called him to do, Lord. And uh, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory as we worship you this morning. Uh, let our hearts be alive to you, God, and dead to our old flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's enter back into our time of worship with music and bless him. One thing remains, that is that his love never fails.
satisfaction. But there's a thing called the law of diminishing returns, and some of you probably experienced it. Eat more sugar, you can drink more drugs, drink more alcohol, take more drugs, you can satiate your spirit and soul with entertainment, and it's never enough. You always have to try to get more and more and more. And God, when He comes and He satisfies with His love, with His word, with His truth, it provides real sustenance and real joy that doesn't come with the baggage of all that worldly stuff. Lord, we thank you for that kind of love. We thank you for that kind of blessing that you have given us, that you are enough. We may need to kill whatever pad is running back there because it doesn't sound right.
think about the shadows that he has lit up. Think about the walls that he's climbed up and kicked down. The lies that he's torn down in your life. If there's a shadow that looms right now, there's a mountain before you. There's a wall that seems like no one can scale it. faithful last night I came back up here to the church after the men's conference and said Lord what do you want me to, to share with the people and it wasn't any time and he let me know what I needed to share and God is faithful God is good when I'm weak he is strong and I have no strength to stand up here except for by the grace of God by the mercy of God, not because of any, anything that I've ever done that I'm standing here in my 
three-piece suit of righteousness. It's all because of what he did. The title of the sermon this morning is going to be, Why Do You Call Me Lord? I wrote a song about this some time ago. And I'll share it at the beginning. If you'll just kind of pay attention to the words to it, you'll kind of see where we're going. And I pray that it'll minister to you. In fact, let's pray right now. Father God, I just thank you for your faithfulness to me, to these folks in this room, and Lord, to all generations round about this earth through all the ages, God. Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts this morning. God, that you would speak to us like no one else can speak to us with your still, small voice, God. And I pray that you would um, use everything that, that we've already begun to do in worship to you and and uh, together as the body of Christ. And, and God, uh, thank you for this song that you gave me, God. And I, I thank you so much for, again, for meeting with me and uh, telling me what to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Why do you call me Lord? But don't do what I say Ooh, you started out so well But fell away I'm there when you stumble I'll still be there when you fall And I give grace to the humble All you gotta do is call ways of this world will pull you away it's so easy to dance to the songs that they play but in these days i need you to stand don't build build your house on the rock don't hide your head in the sand Tell me, what are you speaking? Are they words of death or life? And whose approval are you seeking, theirs or mine? Heaven and earth will pass away, but we'll be judged by the words we say. You can't begin again right now to get it right. The ways, of, the ways of this world will pull you away. It's so easy to dance to the songs that they play. But in these days, I need you to stand. In these days, I, days I need you to stand. In these days, I need you to stand. Build your house on the rock and not on the sand. Amen. You know, that's kind of a hard word, isn't it? Isn't it? 
But every, every part of that is scriptural. And God is faithful to help us to overcome the world. Because the Bible says that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen. Would you please turn in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 6. And we're going to read a lot of scripture this morning. Thank you, Praise Band, for giving me a little extra time. 17 through 49. And while you're turning there, this particular passage of Scripture is called the Sermon on the Plain. Matthew chapter 5 through 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. This one here is the Sermon on the Plain. And I think the things we're going to be talking about this morning will be really good when we think about a flat surface. I learned earlier in life in my camping experience that you don't put your fire above your campsite. Is that right? <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, but at the same time, it just shows you um, how faulty our reasoning can be if we don't think about it. We don't think about it. Thank you, Lord. Add your blessing to this word, Lord. And then Jesus came down with them. And he stood on a level place. Isn't it nice to have a level playing field when we come to Jesus? Everyone who comes is on a level playing field. You don't get any pedigree or any extra points because of the family you come from or anything else. It's one-on-one, -on -one, mano e mano with the Lord. Joseph, how would you say woman with woman? <laughs> he's, he's studying Spanish. Never mind. It's mano e mano. And it says, And there was a large crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those, those who were there troubled by unclean spirits were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. And if you've got a Bible, it probably says right after that verse, the Beatitudes, right? Right? I looked up that word Beatitudes, and, it's, and the word Beatitude means, I always thought it meant, this is how your attitude should be. Right? Beatitude. Have this attitude. But it actually means it's a state of great joy. So the things that we're about to read about right now is a, is a recipe or is a, a builder's plan for a great state of joy. I like the next part. He says, and he raised his eyes toward his disciples. So Jesus was looking directly at his disciples. This word was for everyone, but he's looking directly at his disciples much like he's doing this morning 
when he's sharing this word with us as disciples of Christ. And he began saying, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when the people hate you, and when they exclude you and insult you and scorn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Now, if they do those things because you're just a jerk, you got it coming. <laughs> Amen? But when those things, when you suffer those things because you're trying to do good and you're trying to live out this Christian walk in front of people to be little Christs, as the word Christian means, then he says, rejoice on that day and jump for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For their fathers used to treat the prophets the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. And I don't think that he's saying, because you have all this stuff, then it's all going to be taken away from you. No, what he's saying is there are going to be times, those of you who are rich, that you're not going to have anything. There are those that, that don't have any need for food, but there's going to come a time when you may need some food. Amen? Do you see what he's saying? He's not pitting the, the poor against the rich. He's talking to everybody in every, stat, in every strata of life. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. For their fathers used to treat the, the false prophets the same way. But I like this part right here. It says, but I say to you who hear. Say, I'm listening. I'm listening. Amen. Be listening. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who are abusive to you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your cloak, well, I don't have a cloak, but I do have a coat. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your tunic. No, I have a shirt. If they take away your coat, give them your shirt also. You ever heard the, the, the saying, that, that guy would give you the shirt off his own back. That's where it comes from. I'm fairly certain. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Ooh, that's hard. Treat people the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. 
So wait a minute, Lord. I got to not only love my enemies, but I got to lend them stuff that I might not ever get back. Yep. That's what the Lord is saying here. Because even sinners, you don't, we don't differentiate ourselves from people that don't know the Lord if we act just like they do. And our flesh will cause us to act in ways that we shouldn't act, ways that are not glorifying to God. And when I, as this word's going out, it's coming right back on me, guys. Lord's speaking to my heart about this, too. Some of these things we're talking about are not easy to do. In fact, they're about impossible to do without his help. It says, uh, expect nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. You ever withheld something from, from somebody because they're just evil? You're not going to give that to them because if you do, you know they're going to just waste it. You know, they're going to run out and get drunk or something. The Lord speaks to you to give something to that, that guy on the corner, that homeless guy in the corner, and you're like, I ain't going to give him nothing. He's just going to go buy some drugs or something. And this is where it gets into the next part. It says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, yeah, I like that verse. <laughs> give, and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken, and running over. Yeah, we like that verse in the midst of all them other ones. <laughs> but you notice that that is a condition. That's the outcome of a condition that comes right before it, right? This is what we're going to reap depending on what we sow. This is the, the, the great joy and the beatitude, a state of great joy. When we begin to do these things, then God is fulfilled in our life. And the more that we do them, the more faithful that we become, God can give us more and will give us more. And we're going to find out about that here in just a little bit. Now he also spoke a parable to him. A person who is blind can, cannot guide another who is blind, can he? Can he? Nope. Will they both not fall into a ditch or a pit? A student is not above his teacher. Are we teachers here or students? Students sitting underneath this word right now. The teacher's the one that wrote it in letters of red. But everyone, when he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. I want that. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice that there's a log in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be 
able to see clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. For there is no good tree that bears bad fruit, nor, on the other hand, a bad tree that bears good fruit. For each tree is known of its own fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. And this is, the, this is kind of the, the hinge verse right here. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth that which is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. All the things that we were just talking about, all the things that Jesus spoke, they are easier said than done. We may have an intention to want to do that, but in order to get it done, we're going to have to pay attention to what he says. If our intentions don't have some acts with them, then they're kind of worthless. I, I remember when I first got saved, one of, the, one of the sayings that I heard in church was, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Anybody ever heard that? Yeah, and it's true. Don't think that we'll be able to pull any of these things off without God's Spirit inside of us working to help us through. But you know what? If we never try, we won't find out. But the thing is, is He's given us this section of Scripture and if we meditate on this section of Scripture, then we'll kind of know what's expected of us to become like our teacher. These are all matters of the heart. That, that hinge verse, good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. I always, uh, until I lost it, I had a, a king of hearts that was my bookmarker in my Bible. And it was always a reminder that I can't change anybody's heart. I have trouble changing my own sometimes. Much less I'm going to try to change somebody else's heart. That is all a work of God, a sovereign work of God. Anything that's good that happens to us, makes our hearts soft, is because God does it. That's what he does. He works in the heart. Will you accept Jesus into your what? Your heart. The heart is not just an organ that pumps blood so that your brain thinks and your legs move and all that. The heart, the inner heart of a man, is where God lives or where Satan lives. And I can tell you, before I was born again, I had a lot of Satan living in there. Jesus had to come in there and clean house. I was a hard case. At first, I didn't want to give up some of the stuff I was doing. Because I thought God approved. After all, he turned the water into wine in Canaan. Balance. Balance. After all, he made all the herbs. 
And he said it was good. <laughs> yeah, until you get behind the wheel of a car and kill somebody. Maybe yourself. Now here's where we go. We're going to go into now. This is the main crux of it. The parable of the builders. First word he says there, at least in my translation, is now. Y'all got that? Y'all all say now? Now. So we've just come from that hinge verse about evil hearts and good hearts. And, he say, and he's explained that. And then he said now. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Uh, the word Lord is the word Kyrios. It's a Greek word translated to mean Lord and Master. It is translated 7,000 times in the Bible to describe Jesus. And it was also the translation for Yahweh. Y-H-W-H or Yahweh, Yahweh. Yeah. So why do you call me Lord, Lord? Master, king, and do not do what I say. Everyone who comes to me, hears my word, and acts on them. Three things. That's probably not how you do three, but that's my three. Here's my words. Everyone. Everyone who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. Now, I looked up dug deep in the Greek and the Aramaic. You know what it means? Dug deep. That's what it means. Dug deep. And they laid a foundation on the rock, and, and when there was a flood... The river burst, and this is from the book of Luke, and the word that he used there is a medical term meaning to rupture. And when there was a flood, the river ruptured against the house, and yet it could not shake it because it had been well built. Jesus' teachings are about contrasts. Let's key in, we'll get a key in now on the wise and foolish um, builders. Stay on the wise for just a little bit. He dug deep. That's hard work. That's preparation. That takes time. Especially if you live out there in Crumb, where I do, where it's all rocks under the soil. It's preparation that takes time, that's strategic and careful planning. The wise builder is the one who has depth of heart. I, I got to tell you this. God is so good. God is good? And all the time? He is. He's so faithful. I, I set my alarm for 6 o'clock this morning, and he woke me up at 440. Because he had some more stuff to share with y'all. And I couldn't write it quick enough, you know. God is so good. Said, um... The wise builder is one who has depth of heart, dug deep, because he or she has invested their time and energy digging to build, adding depth in the, in 
that the foundation of time spent with meditating on the mediator and master builder, the crafter of the heart, Jesus, is where the strength to do what we cannot do in our own strength comes from. It's called grace. In his sermon, he isn't telling anything to do that he wouldn't do himself. It's not going to be easy to, to meet this standard, this building code, that the master builder, the architect, the, the, the one who, who fashioned you in your mother's womb for a job to do in the kingdom of God, the most important thing that we can do in order to find that out is to spend time with him. There's a lot of things in this world that are calling our attention away from spending time. Oh, wait, that check really bounced? Um, there's a lot of things that, that spend time away, and that's why I worry about this generation coming up. Because, and we were talking about this last night at the table, even now, YouTubes are reels. Why? Because we don't have the attention span to watch a regular one anymore. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. But suffice it to say that our attention span, our attention to detail in these last days has gone way down. When things get hard, what was the saying? When things get tough, the tough get going. So when we start to build, you remember... There's another scripture that talks about that a man should count the cost before he builds because he will be embarrassed if the whole thing falls down if he didn't count the cost. He'll run out of money like that place that's up on 35 going north on the uh, west side of the road. Y'all ever seen it? <laughs> that thing's been, how long has that thing been there? I keep hearing they're going to make something out of it, but they never do. They never do. God is calling us to dig and build a foundation. If we're going to build something that's going to last, you've got to build down. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Verse 49. Do we have it? But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Foolish builder. That's easy work. I'll scratch the ground a little bit, get you some cardboard, find you some old two-by-four somewhere, maybe find a piece of tin for your roof, put it out there, Ah, oh, that's good enough. I'm dry. I can start a fire in here. Cook me a can of beans or something. That's how I'm going to live my life. I have found nirvana. 
and it's in scratching the surface. That's easy work, no digging, just scratch out your building, no preparation. That takes no time, it's shouty and careless at its best. God did not call you from your mother's womb for you to do shoddy work. For us to do shoddy work. All of us have gifts, as we found out last night at the men's retreat. We all have gifts, we have talents. The wise man is the one who has depth of heart. Depth of heart. I don't know about you, the last thing I want to be, and sometimes I see myself being that. Oh, wicked man that I am. Shallow Christian. Care more about everything else than spending time with my Savior. We live in a time where we're flooded from all directions with things trying to compete for our attention. attention. How should our house be built? Or whom should our house be built for? We don't want to build houses of wood, hay, or stubble. Isaiah says in about a flood that's coming in to, to uh, mess with our houses, says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. Where does the sun rise? In the east. So you got the west and east. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, and your house will stand. If you've got some depth of heart, and you're speaking good things, and you're think, thinking of good things, you know, I'm kind of an old guy now, and I've been in the church for a long time, but I can tell you one thing, I have never, like David, seen the righteous forsaken. Never. God is faithful. And you know, when I was an immature Christian, I used to believe, man, if I laid hands on that table, it would sprout limbs. I really didn't believe that. But I believed everybody that I laid hands on was going to get healed. And then I found out that sometimes the greatest testimony of a person's life is when they are sick. There's some faith in prosperity teachers that say, oh, if you just, here, buy my book and you can never have another trouble. You'll never have another worry. Send me money, we'll pray, we'll cover you with prayer. Jesus didn't say that that was the way to go. He said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. John 14, 2 through 6, says this. In my Father's house are many mansions. Pretty cool. Some translations say rooms. I kind of like the mansion. I figure if God can build me a room, he can build me a mansion. I don't care just as long as I get there. I'll be happy. I'll be joyful. If it were not so, I would have told you. These are words in red. This is Jesus speaking. I go to prepare a place for you, 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That sounds like love, doesn't it? I wonder if the house he's building for us will be proportionate to the house we're building for him. That's our challenge today, to think, think about it. James 1, through 25 says this, But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in all he does. God wants to do something great in you. God wants you to build a house, his habitation, where when people look at you and they look in your eyes, they can see Jesus in you. When you, when you drive through McDonald's, Whataburger, or wherever it is you pick up your breakfast in the morning, uh, God forbid Starbucks, whatever it is that you do, wherever it is you go, when somebody says to you like they're programmed to say, have a nice day, you can say, no, really, have a nice day, and I mean that, and look them dead in the eye. God bless you. That's not hard. That's not hard. I did that this morning, and this girl looked at me like I'd hit her with a shovel. I, it was like I shocked her. But she smiled, then she smiled. And I'm like, yes, that's what we're supposed to be, turning the lights on. You know, there's no lie, he won't light up. But the enemy is lying to people. So we owe it, we owe it to be a, to have a good foundation and to, to do what Jesus says do in those beatitudes, uh, the state of great joy. And uh, so go back this afternoon, read these again, whatever translation that you might have, and see what God would say to you. See who he might put on your heart to come alongside of. And most of all, find out how and where he wants you to serve. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to be a servant. And if Jesus can say that, then we're to do the same thing. Amen? I'm going to play a song here. Um, and uh, if you will, you can just be seated while this song plays. I think that what we're doing right now is we are living in the late Odyssean church year, church age. I think we're living in it. We've seen how that all around us, there's evil everywhere. Um, we see that in some churches, some of the churches have become extremely liberal and evil. And they seek to represent the body of Christ. And they're really, they're totally diametrically opposed in doctrine to what God teaches in his Bible, in his word. Now, do I hate those people? I do not. 
I do not. They've got a right to believe what they want to believe. But also, they have a right to have a Christian come across their path that, that loves Jesus. Maybe change that. But we are living in that day. And this is a song uh, written a long time ago by a guy named Steve Camp. And um, just listen to it, and then we'll be dismissed.
you stand with me this morning? You know, this is a little bit of a different service than what we're used to. Um, I think that the hour has come to where we've got to shine. The hour has come. We can't be, we can't be comfortable anymore. It's uncomfortable to hear these things, I know. Did I say anything that wasn't true this morning? Even the disciples said to Jesus, these things are hard to hear. But Lord, I just pray that he will take this and wrap it around our hearts. Let's pray. And while all the heads are bowed and nobody's looking around, if you need to make a decision this morning, whether to join this church or whether to be baptized or uh, whether you want to recommit your life or whatever kind of decision that you might have, we're going to give you this opportunity as I pray. Father God, we just ask you to touch every heart. Lord, meet each person right where they are. God, help us to become um, builders with you. Lord, as you build our lives, God, help us to build our lives on you, our rock, and help us to dig down through all of the shifting sands to get to that firm foundation, God. Help us not to scratch out an existence and live as shallow people, but God, help us to dig deep. Because however deep we dig, God, you are deeper still. But help us to know that we're doing what you've called us to do. We're being who you've called us